Before I begin the homily, I would like to invite all the RCIA catechumens to please stand. I would like you to turn around so the community can see who you are. Let's give them a round of applause. You guys can be seated. The reason why I invited them to stand is it's just a, such a momentous and joyous occasion for you and I to witness, to see, but also to rejuvenate and to spark another fire within our own hearts that there are still people wanting to enter the church to come follow God. It's not just a faith in which we as the collective, we as the people who were born into the faith, or we who are already in the faith, or a small niche of people, and no one else wants to enter and to come in. But yet there's still people who hear God's call, hear His voice, and are still coming to follow Him. Even though they're preparing to enter into our community, our community of faith, our family, we both today with them are journeying. Their journey process may be a little different than our journey right now, but yet there's so many similarities between their journey to the drinking water of life, the baptismal font of Easter, and our journey to the Easter celebration. Both them and us, we're all walking on a journey in the desert, looking for something, seeking something, changing our ways in what we find. As we continue in our journey of Lent, the reflection and the invitation for us is to begin to look at ourselves. And today, today in particular, the invitation for all of us as a community is to look at our weaknesses, our shortcomings, our failures, our sinfulness. Because as we journey through the desert, as we journey through the mission of Lent, we come to find these shortcomings, these weaknesses, these failures. But even to put it in a different perspective, it's not just a failure in myself or I'm incapable of doing something, but it's my failure in doing what I am meant to do. In sin, we are meant to love those around us wholeheartedly. But when we sin, we fall short of loving those around us the way in which God intends for us to love them. To put it in a different perspective, as a child, when a child is asked by their parents to do as they're instructed to, it's not that they're blindly believing what the parents are doing. They're not doing it out of hatred or grudge because my parents are telling me what to do. But they're doing it out of love for the parent. 
I'm seeing Christ in and through my parents that I am willing to love what they're saying and asking of me and I'm doing it because I love them and I want to do what is right. But instead, I know even in my own life, when my parents asked me to do something, I didn't see it or I didn't recognize it as love. But instead, what I saw it as is my parents being mean, my parents wanting me to do what they want me to do, and I'm not doing what they want me to do. Therefore, I'm going to disobey them. It wasn't an act or a vision or seeing it in light of love, but I saw it in my self-centeredness, my egotism. What I wanted to do did not conform and align to what my parents want to do. So sin, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, our weakness, our shortcomings, is because we fail and shortchange those around us and our relationship with God. We fall short of loving God wholeheartedly and setting Him above all things. We fail to love our brothers and sisters around us that much more. But because of our self-centeredness, it's my way or the highway. But what is the intent of all of that, my dear brothers and sisters? We hear today in our gospel reading the story of a woman at the well. She's not named. And so the gospel writer is intending for us to see ourselves in her. A Samaritan woman. What is interesting and peculiar is most of the time, it's a route that they're going from Jerusalem into Galilee. So why cross through Samaria? Because it's the long way to get to where they're going. But Jesus intentionally walked through Samaria. In doing so, he's seeking out those that are, been, that are marginalized. Because the Samaritan people are the people that are marginalized, the outcasts of society, and seen as the low of the low. They're pushed out there. But yet Jesus intentionally goes to Samaria to see these people, to share the gospel to these people. That's you and I, my dear brothers and sisters. We as sinners, Jesus has come to us, reached out his hand, and is constantly seeking us with his divine mercy, asking and wanting to love us that much more but we ourselves put ourselves as the outcast. Whether that's our sins, whether that's the public sins, the sins that people around us know that we've done. We've been outcasted by our own brothers and sisters for our shortcomings and our failures. But yet Jesus has come to heal each and every one of us. What is interesting too is as a Samaritan woman going out at noon to fetch water is saying she's been outcast all by society because catch it, getting water from the well was a community ordeal. A community that was supposed to support and help each other. 
but being outcasted. She's left alone to have no sense of belonging, no place of support, no place of love. And we hear in the dialogue between Jesus and her, she's searching and yearning for something more. But what is interesting is she discusses physical water. This well that we were given by Jacob is supposed to quench our thirst. But my dear brothers and sisters, that's a question for us to reflect on. Who are we really quenching for? Because in that dialogue, Jesus says, I am the living water. Whoever drinks this water will never thirst. That seeking and yearning for Christ and Christ himself. So as we continue on this journey, this Latin journey, we come to see our shortcomings. We come to see our frailty. We come to see our weakness, not in the light of defectiveness or inability, but we see it as falling short of loving God and loving our neighbors and seeing God in and through them. But the living water that's going to help us and allow us to become quenched, become at peace, and be able to do what we are called to do and to love our neighbors and love God that much more is the waters of the church, the sacraments. The church is that living water that Christ speaks of. When we come to the church together, we are nourished by the word and by the sacrament. When we come to the church, we are then reconciled to each other through the sacrament of confession. In the midst of our struggles and frailty, when we are sick, the church gives us the anointing of the sick to strengthen us, to give us the graces needed to endure, to embrace, embrace that suffering that we are going through. And every week when we gather at the church, we come forward knowing our weakness, our frailty, our unworthiness to receive the Lord. We come up in communion as a community, as a family, as a community of support and believers to ask the Lord for his grace, his strength to do better this week so that when I leave the church, I go on in mission to love my brothers and sisters and to love God with all our heart, our mind, our strength. So as we continue this journey, let us remember to come to him, do as he instructs. But most importantly, like St. Paul writes in our second reading today, to fall in love with him every day every moment of our life. Amen.